My guest today is Alfonso Carvajal, CEO and founder of Tailored Spain, our in-country destination partner that helps us create incredible itineraries for clients to discover Spain and Portugal. Hola, Alfonso. Hello, hola. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. You were just in our office last week for meetings, and while we're still in Texas, I'm really jealous because you've made your way back to stunning Spain. Where are you sitting right now, and what's your view? Okay, uh, well, you know, right now in Madrid, it's five hours, it's 5 p.m. right now, uh, so I'm in my house uh, in the city of Madrid where I live. Madrid's such a majestic city. It's one of my favorite places. Thank you, yes. So let's tell everyone a little bit about you. I was fascinated when I heard your story because it's not often I meet an industry partner who can quite <laughs> literally do everything to get travelers to your country, including <laughs> flying the jet across the ocean that will bring them here. You were born and raised in Madrid. You are the son of an Air Force pilot. And right. in 1993, you became a commercial pilot and since 2000 have flown for Iberia Airlines. And then in 2015, you founded Tailored Spain. So our travelers actually might see you in the cockpit on their flight across <laughs> the Atlantic, which I think is super cool. It could happen, actually. <laughs> I mean, I've been flying for Iberia Airlines, as you said, uh, for more than 20 years now. And I get to fly the big airplanes. So when I actually fly this uh, Airbus 350, that uh, do many flights from Spain to United States. And one of the newest, newest destination is uh, Dallas. So uh, any passenger from Texas that flies through Dallas, they can go to direct to Madrid direct flights with Iberia, which, and, and it could happen that myself is the flying pilot of that flight. So yeah, I could take your clients then- for the, in the cockpit to Spain. <laughs> That's amazing. So at what age did you know that you wanted to be a pilot and what made you sort of take it further later on in creating Tailored Spain? Yeah, from very early age, as my as you said, my, my father was an Air Force pilot, uh, got to be a pilot when I was 18. I entered Iberia in 2000. So since then, I've, I'm, a, I'm very passionate about travels and flights and all the travel industry and the tourism industry. That's amazing. So you've really brought everything full circle because, you know, you're really doing everything literally from getting people on planes here into uh, <laughs> us, show them how to discover Spain and Portugal. It's Hispanic Heritage Month. I really wanted to talk to you about helping us discover some of the cultural gems of Spain because so many of our clients have been to Barcelona and Madrid, or if they're foodies like me, they've enjoyed Mm -hmm. Sebastian or the wines of Rioja, which are certainly amazing. But I wanted to dig deeper and head south to Andalusia because there's so much to see under year-round sunshine there. There's the heritage city of Sevilla, the beaches, the golf, the national parks on the Costa del Sol. So really something for everyone. Let's say we have 10 days to discover the area starting in Sevilla, the heartbeat really of Spanish culture. And it's known as one of the liveliest cities in Spain. What would a few days in Sevilla look like? Okay, yeah, if you have 10 days, you definitely want to go to Sevilla. So uh, our journey will always start in Madrid uh, because main, it's, Madrid is the main door entrance of Spain and almost all the flights will take you first place to Madrid or Barcelona. And then after that, you can easily go to Sevilla. As, as you probably know, Sevilla uh, has a very good connectivity with Madrid. So in two and a half hours via high-speed train, 
you get into Sevilla, which, uh, as you said, Sevilla, uh, for many, including myself, is one of the most beautiful cities in the world. I mean, it's also probably holds the best quality of life that you can find in Spain or elsewhere. To make you understand or your audience uh, the importance of this city, uh, Sevilla was the wealthiest and most powerful city in Europe during the, during the 16th and 17th century. So what to expect? Uh, today, Sevilla is home of three UNESCO World Heritage Sites. It's Sevilla Cathedral, Real Alcázar, and Archivo de Indias, which is the Archive of the Indias. And if you add that uh, to that, that Sevilla is the nest of flamenco, and the Sevillans are considered among the happiest people in the world, really. And they are. Uh, you have the perfect cocktail uh, to live and experience the journey of your life. So Sevilla means flamenco, tapas, siesta, uh, barrios, the neighborhoods, Astriana, Santa Cruz. Uh, you have river cruises through Guadalquivir River, horses, tradition, jamón ibérico, uh, sherry wine, you name it. So what to expect when visit Sevilla? As I said, the cathedral uh, in the old quarter. It's a Gothic-style cathedral uh, from the earliest 15th century and is known for housing the longest nave among all the cathedrals of Spain, I believe. It's also where Christopher Columbus lies. Uh, the body is there. And you have also the Real Alcázar, which is the, the oldest palace it's still in use in Europe. So the oldest, the oldest palace that is in use in Europe. So it's, it has more than 1,000 years old. You can visit it and there are many public and private events going on. So that's why it's still in use. And so it's so beautiful. Also in Sevilla, the Giralda, La Giralda is a tower built originally as a Moorish uh, minaret mm. uh, for the mosque. But then years later became the, the cathedral's tower bell. Uh, so La Giralda is the most, probably the most emblematic monument in the city, in Sevilla, and one of the most visited. The stunning Plaza de España, built in, for some uh, Ibero-American expo, I think in the early 20th century, also one of the most, of the biggest tourist attractions in Sevilla. Sevilla is, is a place to really live it. So uh, enjoy the people, the, the happiest people there, enjoy the life, the nightlife, the daylife, uh, go outside is, Nice. The weather is nice almost more than 300 year, uh, days a year. And there are many activities to do. And we have, of course, uh, a lot of exclusive experience for clients to want to visit Sevilla as, as a local lifestyle experiences. We have many things. And Sevilla has many things to offer to your clients. And I also see that they've got, um, I, I'm a huge Game of Thrones fan. And Sevilla. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So we know any Game of Thrones fans out there, the uh, the Real Alcazar actually was the site of um of one of the Game of Thrones filming sites. So if anybody is um you know checking those off their list, it's also a, a, a stunning place to see that. And also the museums I've heard in the museum and the art, especially if you're a fan of Diego Velasquez, there's just incredible museums. I sort of feel like Sevilla is one of those places, like you said when you were first interviewing it. You know, flamenco, tapas. It's like a list of things that you can do <laughs> in, <Yeah>. in order <laughs> so right. you find in Sevilla. So once we've done a few days in Sevilla or longer for some people, let's get out into the country and talk about Marbella versus Malaga and the national parks. Because, um, you know, we often hear about Marbella, but Malaga has sort of made a resurgence 
um, recently just because it's it's sort of building itself back up to being a, a really stylish part of Spain. It so is, can, you, yes. can you walk us kind of through the difference of those two destinations? Of course, yeah. Uh, so we're talking about Costa del Sol now. So this is, uh, you go from Sevilla to the coast, the southern east coast of Andalusia. So that, that's called the Costa del Sol. Malaga and Marbella are there. Uh, so Costa del Sol is sunny again, like 320 days a year. So for visitors who love and enjoy outdoor activities, so Marbella is indeed, and Costa and, Mar- and Malaga, the place to be. So all year long, you will find locals and visitors playing golf, going to the beach, hiking, or even just enjoying a drink and a tapas on an outdoor terrace. Uh, Malaga, as, as to point some things on, about Malaga, Malaga is, of course, the birthplace of our most, probably say most international painter, Pablo Picasso. You mentioned Velázquez before in Sevilla, but here in Malaga we have Pablo Picasso. Uh, uh, but by the way, I, I think one thing that I know this year, in 2023, we are commemorating the 15th anniversary of Picasso's death. So also Malaga will now be holding a huge tribute to, to our eternal painter. Wow. So many things to do in Malaga. Malaga is a, is a city more than Marbella. Marbella is a beach destination. Malaga is an old city. It's one of the oldest cities in the world founded by Romans. And Malaga has become over the past 10 years, as you mentioned before, one of the most cosmopolitan and modern city in Spain. Uh, Malaga has more than 30 museums and huge amount of cultural events going on all year round. Uh, Malaga is definitely, as you say, uh, back in, in the map for, for the visitors. Place to be all year round. Uh, people from Malaga, Marbella, they say they have their own climate uh, thing going on that, that really has the, the best weather all year round. So you can come and visit Malaga all year round. And it's also, um, you know, that region too, I really see, we have a lot of luxury properties that are in the Costa del Sol that, you know, even when we're looking at them, it's just the golf seems incredible, the tennis, the sunshine, the beaches, and then you're so close to even, you know, you and I also had talked about some day trips that you would want to do in the region, maybe to Granada or Cordoba. What would that look like if you were, you know, in those two cities, obviously there are other stunning things to see. Can you sort of take us for a a day trip over to each of those places? Of course. So to finish with Malaga, uh, as you said, it's it's a city. It's uh, it's not a beach destination, but it's a wonderful city and you will find art. uh, It's a youthful city uh, and an old town as well. But Malaga has a lot of history, vibrating plazas, galleries, museums, fountains, gardens. Uh, but Marbella is more like a beach destination. It's a, mm. quite new. Marbella, when you when you think about Marbella, you think about Puerto Banús. An idea of how it looks like, I, I read once, if Costa del Sol was conceived as the Florida of Europe, to make a, a comparison, then Marbella is its Miami. So ah. Marbella will look like Miami. So Puerto Banús with all these nice jets and amazing jets, I would say, and all these nice properties and one of the best hotels, uh, property hotels, and many of the most best hotels in Spain are in the Marbella area. Mm-hmm. So Marbella has established itself like the Spanish city with the greatest offering luxury hotels. Uh, so you have the Gran Melia Don Pepe, uh, the Marbella Club, very well known, the mm-hmm. Puente Romano, 
the three of them are located in Marbella's Golden Mile, so where the best beaches are. Because uh, the beaches are not the best in Spain, in the in Marbella area, but these three hotels are in the Golden Mile, uh, where the best beaches are. Finca Cortesina as well, as you mentioned, golf golf is huge in Costa del yeah. Sol because of the weather. Uh, many, many people, many golf lovers want to come here. We have one of the best golf courses in Europe, which is called Valderrama, considered one of the best golf courses, I think, I think in the world, among the top 100 courses in the world, Valderrama. Then in Finca Cortesina, you have an amazing property and also one of the best golf course experience in Europe. Uh, so, uh, if you if you're looking into golf, Costa Solitaire is the place to be. It sounds amazing, and and you know that's that's what I've always heard about Marbella is that it's sort of like you know very star studded, shiny restaurants, amazing hotels, and luxury yeah. yachts. I have not been before um, actually to this region, and I'm super excited to be able to discover yeah. it. Um, Let me know when you. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and but that's what I always hear about Marbella is that you know we have actually clients there this week, and I'm, I'm excited for them to to discover it because they are tennis and tennis players and golfers. And I mean, here we are in October, right? So they're able to go and enjoy the sunshine down there, and and I'm excited to hear their feedback when they return. Um, but yeah, it's on my list definitely. And what you mentioned about the day trips, I mean, other than enjoying the beach and the nice weather and the golf and the tennis and the hikes. Uh, if you stay in Marbella, you will definitely want to do a day trip. So it's a very easy day trip with, to, to some of the most stunning villages that will make the most of your trip. So for Marbella, uh, you can go easily to Ronda. Uh, Ronda is, is one of the most beautiful and visited uh, villages in, in Andalusia. And it's, it's becoming so popular that it's well-known worldwide now. And Ronda is the, this is a small village with a stunning uh, uh, po- uh, bridge. It's called Puente Nuevo. Uh, and it's one and a half hours from from Marbella, and mm. so uh, most of the of of the visitors that are staying in Marbella will want to go to Ronda for a half day or full day trip. Also, of course, from Marbella you can visit. You must visit Granada. Granada is it's a two hours drive, and as you know, Gra- Granada is home of the famous Alhambra, mm-hmm. uh, worldwide known. Uh, so with Alhambra and Generalife listed as UNESCO World Heritage Site, Granada and Alhambra is now one of the most popular destinations in Spain. So so you will definitely want to to visit a day trip from Marbella to Granada. It's only one two hours drive. So you can you can depart early in the morning and then, then they will come back for dinner in 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 Marbella. That's quick. It, it is quick. So it is. We, is and easy, and also G- Gibraltar. Um, one of our drive from Marbella, Gibraltar, is, you probably know, is a, is a tiny and kind of confusing piece of land. Yes, yeah. <laughs> very yeah. south, very <laughs> south of Spain. Uh, most of people think it's part of Spain, but as, as you know, it's not. Uh, mm-hmm. Gibraltar is actually a British overseas territory, very small. But you have things to do. We have many uh, day trips from Ronda to, oh, so, sorry, from Marbella to to Gibraltar to visit the rock, the natural parks, and it's totally walkable. It's a small town. You can do shopping. So a lot of uh, U.S. travelers, uh, I, don't, I don't know if this, if it's for the curiosity of this particular piece of land, but they will want to do a day trip from Marbella to to Gibraltar, to or Gibraltar. for shopping. Okay. 
Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Because that's a, that's a bucket list checkoff place. I think for me too, is to be able to say that I was in Gibraltar. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. right in the, in the British overseas uh, village. Yeah. It is sort of a, a curiosity the where, you know, where it's located and, you know, sort of at the tip of Spain and, you know, sort of at the connecting point between. Uh, but yeah, it's definitely on the list. I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, many people don't consider that you could do that as a day trip from Marbella. Easily. Yeah, you can easily. Two hours drive. So that it sounds wonderful. The more you talk, the more notes I make over here about what I need. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, it just it all sounds amazing. So in closing, let's play uh, a little quick game that I, I love to talk to our guests about. I was named after the genie in the famous American television show, I Dream of Genie, who would mm-hmm. grant three wishes to whomever let her out of her bottle. So if you were stranded on a desert island or a mountain pass with nothing, not even your cell phone, what are the three things you wish you had until you were found? That's definitely the toughest question you've made. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, let me think. I think uh, it would be an island. So. Probably uh, an island lost in the Mediterranean Sea. Um, I'm picturing uh, surrounded with wild beaches and crystal waters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can picture myself uh, there with no phone. With no, so, yeah. <laughs> with no phone, yeah. <laughs> and right. what would you be eating or drinking? Like if you could bring something with you, are you going to have some Fino Sherry with you? Or are you going <laughs> to, or some tapas? <laughs> or do you have a great book that you, you know, are you a, a fan of, of okay. any book series? Yeah, I'm, I'm totally a book eater. I mean, uh, the three things that I would definitely take with me are books. I love books as many as possible. I, I love to read fiction novels. Oh. Uh, I'm reading actually right now. John Esbo is is an Norwegian writer. Is not of the right now. I believe one of the world's best-selling crime writers. So in terms of novels, mm-hmm. I like this kind of um, crime right crime, crime books. series. Then, okay. Yeah, cri- crime series and crime books. Yeah, and also history books. Uh, so I love to read and learn about ancient history, medieval history, and even modern history. So everything. So those books I will take. The first thing, if you let me. Uh, And then second thing for food, as you ask, (laughs) I would take for sure the Spanish ham and cheese, any any cheese. (laughs) I mean, I know know this is what I'm going to say is not healthy. So I don't know if your audience, but I could literally live eating just cheese and jamón serrano. So I could breakfast, eat and dine uh, cheese and, and ham. So I, I will have to take that with me. Yeah, I'm, I'm with uh, you, which is so funny. <laughs> we in our office last week and we were having we were having wine and charcuterie. It was it was perfect. Yeah, charcuterie. <laughs> I love that. I could I could live I could live eating that. So I don't need anything else. And, and for drink, yeah, wine always. I mean, I'm a wine lover. I'm not a wine expert as you are as a sommelier, but I'm I'm a wine lover. Uh, I told you when, we, when I was in your office, my brother is also familiar as you are. Yeah. So he taught me a lot about wine. So I love wine and any variety of the Spanish wines. I'm a little more into red wine, but if I can take uh, two bottles, I will take I will take a red wine and a white wine. And a white, yeah, uh, a variety. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's always an, an occasion for 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 each wine. Uh, okay, and water, of course. I mean, I, I don't want your audience to think that I'm 
anything that I'm not. So, <laughs> so if I only take cheese and wine, maybe I won't survive much in this island. So yeah, I take some a little wine. something to survive is all you need. Right. <laughs> right. That's that's perfect. Well, Alfonso, I love your story. I think it really shows that if you have a passion for something like you did, even when you were a kid for flying, um, you can yeah. really turn it into a profession. Like I feel like, you know, I'm the mom of of two college kids. I think a lot of kids now when they're when they're trying to figure out what they're gonna do with their life, they they go more towards, you know, what can make me money as opposed to what am I happy doing? And then maybe they come back to it like I have later in life. And you can really find a profession in something you're passionate about. And your story really tells that. Totally agree. Thank you. Yes, I'm a, I'm a father of three as well. And I have the, the, the eldest daughter is in, in, the, in university now. And the, the, the other two are in school and still having these difficulties to know what they want to do. So, yeah, I totally understand. And I totally yeah, agree with you. I mean, really, what's better than just talking to people about culture, food, and wine of a country that you love is <laughs> that that to me is the perfect job. <laughs> yeah. Both you and I are able to do that, so we're very lucky. Well, thank you so much for for taking well, the time to do this. Thank you, Janie. Thank you for having me, for inviting me. It was so. I mean, um, I'm so glad. I'm so happy, and I, I'm very thankful that you invited me to this nice chat. Yeah, of course. And I look forward to maybe seeing you on a flight, um, you know, yeah. <laughs> piloting the plane for many of us coming out of uh, out of DFW into Madrid. I look forward to either seeing you on the plane or in country or uh, the course. next time we're back here in the States. And for, you know, obviously helping to to get our clients there and working with you to help our travelers discover all the incredible destinations in Spain and Portugal. Thank all you, right? Jenny. Thank you so much. For more information on how to discover Hispanic heritage destinations like Andalucia with Tailored Spain, click the Contact Us button on our website at welltraveltexan.com.